Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. both of you uh, guys' perspective, um, let's say a transplant coming from Oklahoma moves to D.C. Um, what is one thing? Because when, when people come to D.C., they mostly come just for the, the monuments and the museums and, you know, all the events. What's one thing, one major aspect of D.C. as a whole that you want to, um, a message behind D.C. as a whole you want to convey to that transplant? People are from here. Yeah. Like, I think pe- that's like a common <laughs> people have. Like people are from here. So like that's I simple, think, honestly. Yeah, like, I think, <laughs> like, like I think and it's like anyone who like lives in DC or is from DC and like has kind of experienced like especially transplants being very flippant with being like, you know, like nobody lives here and like mm. Like there's no culture. It's like no, you just don't know where to like look. Mm-hmm. Like which is, I, I, I want to say it's fine, but it's actually not because like if they don't go see it, they'll never like recognize that like DC has an extremely vibrant culture. Like DC has people that have lived their entire lives and will very likely never see the outside of DC unless they are forced out via gentrification or when they go visit their family in North Carolina. And I know that sounds like a very like very specific example of like people's experience, but I literally That's all of us though, right? (laughs) You know, of that experience. Like again, like even that little point I just made that you just obviously got damn I got is the kind of storytelling and stuff that we lean on, like the kind of information we lean on. Like people just would never know. Like Mm. they don't they don't know that experience. So uh, I would say that like people live here. People are from here. People have communities here. Like my recommendation to them would be to get on a bus, mm. get on the X2, get on the mm. 7, get on a 90 bus, and then and then tell me like you don't you don't see it. Like your opinion on it, you know, I think is people from here. I don't really care about like you know. I, I'm not trying to like convince anyone to love DC. I think people from DC love DC more than anything on the planet. So I think mm-hmm. there's enough love just from us that like I'm not really trying to convince anybody, but. Uh, I, that that would be my recommendation to them, or, or or my like aha moment that I would like them to understand. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Um, we have a very well, two very special guests today. Um, today we're excited to feature an expiring brand called The Pack World, a content and experience company that is dedicated to telling stories of Washington, D.C. in culturally honest and impactful ways. Their mediums include events, prints, and digital media, clothing, podcasts, playlists, cuisine, and so much more. Um, they are a brand that is truly uh, that truly understands the importance of storytelling and its powerful impact on bridging people together. From their mission to their incredible creations, we can't wait to dive into their stories. We have Clouse and Neon 
Um, Clouse is the director of brand and culture, and Neon is creative director of the pack. Welcome, fellas. Welcome. Thank you. I'm gonna just say Neon. Neon. Sorry, Neon. Yeah, sorry man. about that. <laughs> so, how's it going, man? Um, tell us the 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 story behind the pack world. Um, how was it created, and what uh, got you guys working together? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're we're, we're friends. I, I, I want to say not even friends. Like brothers is a much better uh, better description of like how we began working together. Uh, mm. Me and Aaron have been uh, really good friends since middle school, and went to middle high school and college together. So we've been. Wow. I've known this man, you know, for the large majority of my life. Uh, <laughs> walking to each other's families' homes at this point. No one would really bat an eye at that. But uh, Neon came to me, um, and this really just doubles down on, uh, you know, the creative uh, engine that he is with a, with an idea in 2017 specifically centered around, uh, I believe the first concept he kind of had was was Chocolate City, right, which is mm. by far yeah. most, you know, popular uh concept that we have out right now but he had a he had an idea about uh doing you know bu building out some stuff around around this concept of chocolate city uh but our, our kind of approach we're really students of uh you know not just like streetwear brands necessarily but like culture culture brands uh that exist all around the country and our work kind of stemmed from a lack of I would say, especially in Washington, D.C., brands that like focus on telling the story of our culture and like building around, uh, you know, those stories. Like I think D.C., a lot of like D.C. brands especially kind of hit the mark in terms mm -hmm. of like uh, building out pieces that speak to, you know, how how we dress and like how we express ourselves. But I don't think anyone really goes into kind of the the story of D.C. in ways that they do in places like uh, you know, New York or, you know, LA, there's a ton of LA brands or even like, you know, someone like Joe Fresh Goods in Chicago who mm -hmm. kind of does a, a really important job of like putting together like content and clothing and things of that nature that tell the story of Chicago. So he, he came to me with that initial idea and that kind of spurned us like kind of coming together to create this larger vehicle to tell these stories. Because once we came, once he shared the first idea, other concepts that were really like integral to the very fabric of the city began to, we began to come up with those. We're like, okay, how does that one necessarily fit into this? And we were like, it doesn't. So like, we kind of need to come up with like these different avenues to tell these stories. And so that's kind of how we came up with our, you know, first three concepts that kind of like were stuff that, you know, uh, really told the story of like DC and native Washingtonians and like past present and future mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So, uh, and then we rolled out our, I want to say our first release in 2018. So we have our, uh, our five year anniversary coming up soon. So that's kind of how we started working on this. Uh, and almost five years in, it has bloomed kind of beyond our uh, imagination, but we're really excited to see, you know, where it takes us. I love that. Um, being from the DMV myself, uh, born and raised, you know, Maryland and, and DC, um, we don't really have a lot of people 
who document our experiences, you know, um, especially within this changing climate of gentrification and um, Chocolate City being not so chocolate anymore. I think it's important for us as creatives, uh, no matter what genre, shape, form or fashion is to document what is here, what was here and what will be here in the future. Yeah, I would I would definitely um, agree with that sentiment. And I think Clues uh, makes a good point of kind of pinpointing that, like, you know, before anything, we were kind of friends first um, because mm-hmm. we pull from a lot of our experiences, like, growing up um, in D.C. and, like, some of the things like we saw. So, you know, as we're, if you look at, like, 2013 to like 2023 that 10-year period like Mm -hmm. we were teenagers to adults so we're you know we we kind of just speak to like what we've been seeing as far as like the change but because we're in the age group um that we're in we also you know have a relationship with dc in its historical context um so we've always with seeing how like demographics and things like that changing, I think we kind of just realized the importance of like documenting things or storytelling things because, um, you know, if you're not going to, if that doesn't happen, then that's how culture kind of dies or it's Mm -hmm. not preserved necessarily. Um, So we look at things kind of like through that lens, like I'm a journalist uh, Clouse works in like communications and branding and things like that. Um, so we kind of look at things from that lens and like clothes and events and uh, music, um, cuisine. Those are just kind of like the mediums uh, because those are cultural touch points in which we can connect with people to like share different messages. Mm-hmm. Um, from both of you uh, guys' perspective, um, let's say a transplant coming from Oklahoma moves to DC. Um, what is one thing? Because when, when people come to DC, they mostly come just for the, the monuments and the museums and, you know, all the events. What's one thing, one major aspect of DC as a whole that you want to, um, a message behind DC as a whole, do you want to convey to that transplant? Uh, people are from here. Yeah. Like, I think that's like a common mystery <laughs> people have. Like people are from here, so like that's I simple, think, honestly. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> like, like I think, and it's like anyone who like lives in DC or is from DC and like has kind of experienced like, especially transplants being very flippant with being like, you know, like nobody lives here and like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's no culture. It's like no, you just don't know where to like look, mm-hmm. like which is. I, I want to say it's fine, but it's actually not because, like, if they don't go see it, they'll never, like, recognize that, like, D.C. has an extremely vibrant culture. Like, D.C. has people that have lived their entire lives and will very likely never see the outside of D.C. unless they are forced out via gentrification or mm-hmm. when they go visit their family in North Carolina. And I know that sounds like a very, like, very specific <laughs> example of, like, people's experience, but I literally... That's all of us, though, right? You know, of that experience. Like, again, like, even that little point I just made that you just obviously got, mm-hmm. Naomi, I got, is the kind of 
storytelling and stuff that we lean on, like the kind of information we lean on, like people just would never know. Like mm. they don't, they don't know that experience. So uh, I would say to like, people live here. People are from here. People have <laughs> communities here. Like my recommendation to them would be to get on a bus, mm. get on the X2, get on the mm. 7, get on a 90 bus. And then, and then tell me like, you don't, you don't see it. Like your opinion on it, you know, I think is people from here. I don't really care about like, you know, I'm not trying to like convince anyone to love DC. I think people from DC love DC more than anything on the planet. So I think mm-hmm. there's enough love just from us that like, I'm not really trying to convince anybody, but, uh, I, that that would be my recommendation to them, or, or or my like aha moment that I would like them to understand is that people live here. Like you, yeah. visitor, go outside. Um, yes, <laughs> I think he uh, just kind of captured it pretty well. It's pretty simple. Like people are from here. There's a culture present, and I guess because you know the United States conducts its business here as far as like Congress and we're not really a state. We're kind of a city. We're kind Mm -hmm. of in between place, you know, people kind of just see it as like the nation's capital, like, Oh, that's, you know, just where our politicians and things go. And I don't think they necessarily realize that, you know, that those that's a few thousand people, but where our city is almost a million people strong and it mm-hmm. dates like decades. There's like decades of tradition here in terms of like food, music, clothing, style, uh, you name it. Um, so I think that's just kind of what we speak to. And, you know, we encourage people to just kind of go outside of that kind of tourist bubble um, because DC isn't that large. So you're bound to run into something like outside if you just step onto the right street or visit during the right weekend when there's millions of things like going out going outside like we have a great art scene here um yeah i love that and just to piggyback on both of y'all statements um i believe that if you're going to a different country or if you're going to a different city learn the culture learn the laws of the land don't just come with um a colonial mindset that your perspective is the only perspective in DC. You know what I mean? Um, For example, um, that T-Mobile store close to Howard university that plays go-go all day long, you know, and um, a lot of these transplants come to these, uh, to our communities and, and, and walk dogs on, on Howard's lawn. (laughs) You know what I mean? They don't clean up the crap. Like, learn the community, learn the culture, learn the the, the communication and, and the laws. And, you know, we'll accept you, you know, if, if you're good, <laughs> if you're a positive person. But um, yeah, I definitely agree with both of y'all statements. Um, how does, how do you guys um, use storytelling to um, show our culture in the most honest way towards the world, like um, towards anybody that's looking from the outside in? Uh, I think, well, I think one, like outside of just DC, like when we're talking about like black culture in general, like storytelling is one of the most important record keeping things that any of us ever does, right? Uh, There was, there was a great um, segment on um, 
NPR that I love that was uh, spotlighting a group of indigenous people, and they were talking about how their constitution is strictly through storytelling, right? It's strictly mm. oral. And one of the most amazing parts about that is it changes over time depending on who's telling it to fit the situation and the time. Like, it, it always updates itself because it is inherently a living document that br breathes and grows with us. So I think... Uh, I, I find it very similar in like kind of archiving and weaving in the stories of our people into our work. Uh, it's just, a, it's it's like the most important thing you can do in my opinion. I also think uh, it kind of, in terms of like bringing people to the realities of our um, our city, I don't like, we, we have one concept that tends to be especially divisive, especially amongst various generations. And it's right behind Nan. Nan, can you hold? Can you hold one of those uh those yeah, murder cases okay. right up? Mm. Oh, this one. <laughs> People love or they or, or they hate that shirt. Um, our favorite part of the shirt is there is a line below the design that says, "In DC, we don't say uh we don't say goodbye. We say be safe." Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about storytelling. We understood. We, we we had to stop and realize, like, why do we say that? Like, we grew up saying that, and we, you know, you pick it up, like it's passed down. You don't necessarily understand why you say it, but you're like, why am I saying that? And then you realize because it's just not not it's not a given. Like, I'm not giving this to you. Like, we we have this this 40 minutes right now. I'm you are not guaranteed to see me again. I'm not guaranteed. Mm -hmm you again this is a crazy world we live in especially in this city so uh we like to use storytelling to be to like paint a really honest and authentic picture that dc natives can really grab a hold a hold of and feel seen in right um and that's for the good that's for the bad no place is perfect uh but one thing that is always apparent through as we're collecting the stories of, of our communities is uh this place is ours mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, yeah kind of doubling down on that. That's uh, he gave you kind of like the philosophical side um, of it, the liter like the literal side, and like how we do it is obviously he pointed out like through the clothes. Like uh, one of our one of our philosophies is we view like our clothing as like walking like billboards, sort of. Mm -hmm. So like when a person wears this they're likely to be like engaged uh about wait what is that what does that say why does your shirt um so you know in our in our uh packaging for clothing you know we arm people with booklets visuals uh references to data um collages um some of our photo shoots will have like certain imagery um so that's one way that we do it we do it um with our events usually like we'll have some type of so our most recent event um we do an annual event called the pack party um mm. so our most recent event um the tickets were like old metro card type of mm. thing um so those were like physical things that like harken back to a memory for certain people and they were able to connect with that um we've done newspapers uh we we've done two editions of a of this free newspaper that um pays homage to the old express newspaper but um we repurposed it to kind of tell stories more that are more important to us so literally through like interviews or like articles or things like that um we've done 
print books, um, kind of tying in together all of the things that we've talked about. So we also do like on our social media, we'll post uh, kind of like old clips or statistics or data and weave that into like our visuals and things like that. Um, so we're always looking to kind of like present the knowledge um, because, you know, we understand that like wearing something on your shirt that's just like chocolate city made with gentrification like that's kind of that's a heavy thing uh mm -hmm. for some people so you know we want to make sure people are equipped uh and have a reference point um to teach uh and to or to learn from uh for others so those are just some examples of like some of the different uh mediums i guess we touch on for storytelling sometimes it's just providing the literal things or sometimes it's providing the device that creates the conversation around something. I love that. And I love that you said the old Metro cars, cause that instantly took me to um, the $3 <laughs> all day pass, you know, hop oh, on the bus or going to the gas station. And there's a guy out there with his table selling go-go CDs and he got jerseys <laughs> and those Chinese slippers and whatnot. Yeah, like, transfers, all that. Right, like, so <laughs> I love that. I love the nostalgia behind it. And it seems like um, not only are you guys telling stories and, and, and keeping our history alive, but it seems like you guys not only not only with the, the 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 fashion and the billboards and the and the meat, it's like you guys have an all encompassing media company, you know. And yeah. I love that. What was was that like the first initial idea when you um both of you guys concept conceptualized this, or did it grow over time? Um, I think we've always had. Uh, I think this goes back to like the friendship thing. So like we've always been into culture and like something like me and Clues bonded over was like shoes. Like we loved sneakers and things like that. We love certain like clothing brands. Um, so it, it started with like kind of a, a respect for that. Um, but then we also like storytelling and like, he's always, we're always showing each other like cool interviews and things like that. So mm. these are kind of just like, general interest of ours and when we came together initially uh you know we were trying to do a clothing concept that like focused around like dc so we're trying to like pick concepts and you know it started with just clothing but as we started to introduce these things um you know we realized there's like content here to kind of like be fleshed out and we've kind of branched off into different into different ways of like showing or exploring those concepts through like medium so i wouldn't say it was like a sole intention early on but you know that's something that's always been of interest and we've kind of explored that interest do, through different ways mm -hmm. yeah we have like that and i i said this like in in the in the intro kind of like st students of the game and like I think once you like, once you uh, dip your like toe into it, like, okay, like we, we did the first thing, right? But it's like, <laughs> okay, like we spend more time on on the five steps of like that emotional journey to get you to maybe wanting something mm. than we ever do on the actual product. Like mm. the product takes like 
you know, it takes some time. We're like, okay, like, especially in the very beginning, but like now we spend so much time and almost get more excited about like, how do I make, you know, how do I make, how do, how do we make sure that this, this product or this event or this thing, like, how do I, how do we build, build it up in a way like really like tap into all of your senses to like make you want to engage with it. Right. Like, how do I make you seen with this thing? So, um, and one of like the, the best, and I think strongest parts of our relationship, both like personally and, uh, professionally in this case is like, we don't tell each other. No, like mm-hmm. we do, this, we have this really bad habit of like, one of us comes up with a harebrained scheme and the other one is like, well, I guess we got to do it now. <laughs> like, who knows where, where that will take us at a certain point. It's like, okay, like this is real. A, a lot of times it's like, I had this dream. I had this dream of having a billboard on New York Avenue. I wanted it so bad. Like I wanted a giant chocolate city billboard. Like I really mm. did. It just economically, it didn't make sense. They're just mm. super expensive, right? We don't get to have them up that long. And then now it's like, well, we got a truck. Like, what if we put it on the side of a truck? Yeah. And that's how we had the Chocolate City truck. It's like, we don't do a good job of like telling <laughs> each other no. And it pushes us and forces us to like do and think outside the box and like do different stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's very toxic and successful now. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to see like where it takes us next. But, uh, it keeps pushing us forward to like add different different mediums, different like ways of like touching people, different ways of like engaging people. So uh, yeah, definitely didn't think this far through, but like, I think our process would have always led us here anyway. Like that, that natural, like, we, we always call it like, we got skin in the game. So like every mm-hmm. single time we chart out a different course, we're like, well, now we gotta like go out and like actually execute it. So um, yeah. I mean, that's important. Everything we see around us, uh, these microphones, this computer that we're communicating through, you know, it, it created in the mind first, you know, and sometimes when you're a creative, well, a lot of the time you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. You know what I mean? So it's important to um, grab ideas from the ether and, and and put a lot out and whatever sticks is is very fortunate for that creator, you know. Um, speaking of community, you guys do a lot of events. How important is um, community to the both of you? It's uh, it's a huge part of, of what we do. Um, and I think that starts, you know, when you talk about a concept of like a chocolate city or like you're talking about, we have a take a stand concept that's around political engagement. We have, you know, the be safe concept that we talked Mm -hmm. about. That's about, uh, you know, making sure you're giving people their flowers and making sure we have a safe community and instilling that. So like, I don't think you can really like promote those type of things without, community being a a strong foundation of what we do. Um, And even with like the truck, the chocolate city truck, like we drive that and do our pop-ups on that. And that's been a vehicle literally and figuratively uh, (laughs) for us to like go to different neighborhoods. Um, Because when we first started doing these things, uh, these pop-ups, you know, people would come to us in our area, but 
we've been able to kind of like branch out and meet new people um, and meet random people, people who didn't even intend to see us. Um, so community is definitely uh, important. It's important to cultivate that for sure. Yeah. And I think like uh, the express. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the express is like a huge example of that. Like, uh, and it's definitely been like one of our most successful um our successful projects yet, but also it's been like such a community process. Like, yeah. and I want to definitely like take this time to give Neon his flowers, like as a, not just a journalist, but also as an editor um, and like a, like, you know, a, a newspaper layout man, like just mm-hmm. someone like with a real passion for like print media in general, which like some will say is a dying medium, but we have to you know recognize like everyone doesn't have access to the technology in this country. Like, in a physical product still really means something, but it really has given us the opportunity to reach across, right? Like I think mm-hmm. everyone is really obsessed with like this idea of like one day, like Nike or Adidas or somebody, you know, comes down from the proverbial heavens and like mm-hmm. works with you on something, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, for us, it's like, we have this weird, like, as long as Neon and I have known each other, we still have this weird thing where it's like every single time we need something to execute, like, one of our projects, the person is someone we have known for years, like, mm. always, right? Like, yeah. all, like, our artwork, like, anything like that, it's always somebody we know. And so, like, also, like, even these opportunities, like, to spotlight people in the newspaper, like, the tie hops and pals of the world, people like that, like, people in our communities, like, really making a difference. Mm-hmm. These always end up being people we've always known. Like these are these are you know these are the homies for all intents and purposes. Like even <laughs> even where we uh, where we met you all at, right? Like that was someone we spotlighted in in our newspaper. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's really about you know a lot of times like with big like the powers that be like they're not they're not on the ground. Like they mm-hmm. don't know they don't know who's making a difference. Like if they're not plugged into certain avenues, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are people that, like, never get their flowers outside of their community. And it's actually okay because, you know, it's something to be said for, like, your 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 people actually knowing what you do, right? There's a certain amount of, like, honor and, you know, respect that comes with that. But we always try to make sure that, like, we're, you know, elevating people that we see doing the work. Like, that's such an important thing to do, um, you know, with however big or however small your platform is, like we're super appreciative of you for having us on today. Like that, we don't we don't take that for granted ever. Like, you know, that you would even take the time out of your day to you know let, give us an opportunity to speak about what we're working on. So thank you for that. No, it's it's, it's no problem. I think that um, community is what drives you know culture. You know, without community, you have no culture. You know, and community is important for us in the DMV, even though we're like a a, a small city. um, How can I say? You can't make diamonds without pressure. You know what I mean? Even though it it goes down in the city or it used to go down. um, I could remember myself walking down Minnesota Avenue, gaining knowledge from like a a old head that looked like he'd been through some shit. You know what I mean? But I don't disown him. He's a part of the community. You know what I mean? And we gotta embrace all. We gotta embrace all of our uh, all of our community, no matter if you're at the top of the top or the bottom of the bottom. You know what I mean? Because we all we got at the end of the day. Um, just got a few more questions for you. Um, how? 
from the beginning to now, with everything you guys have done, um, is it, did you expect like everything to go out as planned or is it like, um, how can I say, um, just going with the flow? Like, do you guys plan it and then do it? Or whenever a situation pops up, do you, do you roll with it? Like, I think it's both. It would be mm-hmm. both, right? Yeah. yeah, it has to be. I mean, like, we, <laughs> you got to be opportunistic at a certain point. Like, you never know, like, who's going to reach out or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of stuff is going to come to you. But I also want to say that, you know, after we dr- did our first drop in August of 2018, we were talking about a 10-year retro. So, mm. at the same time, we plan, we, we plan a lot of stuff. I think uh, we do a really good job of, like, playing it by ear in that like we plan like things and sometimes like we'll be like okay we want to do this in the spring but then like something else comes up or like you know whether it's something in society like society like like a pandemic or something like that or like mm. you know, something that kind of has the zeitgeist of our community that we feel like we have to create something or we feel the call to create something to react to but like i want to say we almost always get our idea off at some point like, yeah yeah I mean, down and map something out like it always does get done it always doesn't get done like it's always not the right time when we initially come up with the idea but we always it's, it's gonna get done at some point yeah you i mean you have to plan um and like to say like our exact vision for like 2018 is the exact vision for right now i wouldn't say that um and a part of that is just like you know when you put the thing out um it, people react to it in certain ways and, you know, you have to adjust to that. But I mean, we definitely like kind of plan and have like a skeleton of like things that we want to do. And sometimes even with like our first release, like we released two shirts, but we really had like three designs that we wanted to release and it just wasn't the time to do three. And it ended up being the time during the next year to introduce that third thing. And that worked out well. And like, even with like uh you know when we first started we uh our sourcing wasn't as good as it is now in terms of like how we could put a product together so sometimes that may have disrupted us from like wanting to do a certain design a certain way or wanting to execute something a certain way um but you know as you continue to work at something it's, you know like you said it it became the time to do that thing so I mean, we definitely look ahead um, and, you know, we have like objectives or goals or like things that we want to do. Um, but you got you got to roll with the punches, um, mm. and adjust and learn. And sometimes it's, it's not that exact time to do that thing. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, so, you know, when you're a, you're an entrepreneur, you're in the business field, you always got to stay on your toes and be prepared mm-hmm. for anything. Like you said, like the pandemic probably messed up so many of our plans for like 2020, but I think we got some of our best ideas from that time period because we did have to adjust to like this new world and this new space and this uh, space of like having to go and meet people where they're at kind of sort of. Um, so, I, you know, I think that worked out, but that wasn't a part of our plan. Like, when we did our 
we uh, just brought back like our big party event for this summer, but like that had a two year gap. That wasn't like mm-hmm. a part of our plans of any time. But with that time that we had, we it was our most successful event. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we had that uh, time to like refine things. So yeah, definitely, definitely plan, but be flexible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we only have a few minutes left. Um, being that you guys are, are DC natives, I got one question for you. Um, and the whole DMV depends on you guys' answer, right? <laughs> All right. When you go to the curry up and you order wings and french fries, do you put the mumble sauce on the side or do you put it on everything? I literally just had curry up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't matter who answered first. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> three piece wing with french fries, fry hard, yeah. salt for ketchup, mumbo sauce on everything. Mm-hmm. Two piece egg rolls and a half and half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta get the half and half. Gotta get an egg roll sometimes. Sometimes I do the fried rice. Fried rice is a good choice. Can't go wrong with that. I would say if I get the fries, I will put the mambo sauce on it. If I get the fried rice, I'll get it on the side. So it de- it depends. But I'm 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 a on top of it when I get the fries type of thing. Okay, okay. That's all I wanted to know. You know what I mean? That's that's like if they put if they put the mumbo sauce on the side, you're not from DC, bro. You're not from the DC. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't dip chicken in mumbo sauce. That shit gotta be saturated. <laughs> even cool yeah so um how can people get in contact with you guys um get updates on events um the express um and 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 purchase some merch like uh what's the links for that you can visit our website www.thepack.world uh, the pack dot world is also our Instagram and our Twitter is the pack underscore world. Uh, and we pretty much are active throughout those platforms. Uh, yeah. Am I, am I missing anything? That was no, that's those are the, yeah, those are the three that you can best uh, tap in with us for, you know, any updates on the work. Um, also, just as an informational source for people, like even if you didn't necessarily want to come to an event or, uh, you know, buy something, we we still want to engage with you. So, uh, like, we always post stuff for like observances, whether it's like Marion Barry's birthday, mm-hmm. uh, the riots that were on U Street, you know, the anniversary of that just passed, like mm-hmm. uh, DC Natives Day. Uh, you know, we we love yeah, it's like good content. Like, yeah, it's like you know, yeah, you know good cool photos and learn stuff. You should definitely tap in with us as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Perfect. Um, I love the 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 hustle that both of you guys have. I love the movement. I love the community, and um, I just love the the underlying message. You know what I mean? That both of you guys are putting out there. Um, there is a community here. We are going to be here and we're staying, you know what I mean? So um I love it, man. And and put mumbo sauce on everything. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. 
<laughs> Once again, thanks, guys. Um, send me links or I'm going to search for the links and put it all in the description so people can um, check you guys out. I appreciate you guys taking the time. And, um, once again, man, I love what you guys do. Thank you so much for having me, man. Hey, man, appreciate you for having me. Perfect, perfect. Right, peace, man. Let me know the next event. Uh, we'll, we'll slide through.